so March is Women's History Month and this is the month where most of the time in society we talk about the contributions that women have made uh, to history and to society and women are celebrated and I'm a woman so I wanted to do um, a series for the month of March and in thinking about what I wanted to do, I wanted to stay true to who I was, what this show has been becoming and what it is evolving into. So I had a conversation with a good friend of mine and you know, we I was talking about the church girl because y'all, y'all know I'm unapologetically a church girl. And that is something that is, it's just has become really near and dear to my heart. And I was thinking about, you know, the person, the woman that I am now, how much different um, I am, um, the things that I've gone through, the progression of my life, the journey that I am still on. And Church Girl Reimagined is what came to mind. So my contribution um, to celebrating women uh, for the month of March is uh, to do this series called Church Girl Reimagined where I will bring on some amazing women, uh, all my friends, and we're just gonna have some honest and open conversation. And who knows, there may be a, a guy that pops on this month. Um, but it, so, and if you are a man, you know, please don't be turned off. You know, there's conversation um, that I think will uh, be uh, important, impactful, um, educational for all who listen. So. Y'all know y'all are my people. I appreciate y'all rocking with me. So we're going to take this journey together. Um, I will say that I recognize that this this episode will be uh, published prior to March for a few reasons. Um, this episode will come out uh, in February, right before uh, the March episode airs. And I did that on purpose. One, I wanted to... Uh, just kind of lay the foundation and for the podcast that doesn't do introductions, <laughs> I wanted to introduce this series uh, just so we could have a little context. Um, and for two, the topic that I'm going to talk about in this episode, it ties also into um, the love month because uh, we are still in February and it, it's going to bridge uh, love um, February and then Women's Month in March. Hopefully, I'll make it all work. Um, so the series is Church Girl Reimagined, and I'm at this place, like I said, where I have evolved. And you know, church girls, we we kind of get a bad rap. <laughs> and uh, I know, growing up, a lot of things were taboo, right, to talk about. We just didn't talk about certain things. And the problem with not talking about certain things is that when you don't address certain things, they they tend to fester and they linger and they grow. And then they get to a place where it becomes the biggest elephant in the room. And my mentor has a saying where she says, the best way to attack uh, the elephant in the room is to take it piece by piece, right? Like you can never like do it all at one time. Um, so this is my attempt to literally like kind of chip away at the big elephant in the room and just have an honest and transparent and raw conversation, which I believe that I have been doing with this podcast. 
Um, I do just want to park here and say thank you um, for the continued support. I get a lot of text messages and phone calls and even DMs from people that I know listen and people that I didn't know listen to the show um, that have been encouraging me and just saying, you know, yeah, I know you're kind of walking through this journey, but you're helping me because this is where I am. And that's really what it's about. I, I say it all the time. I'm about to put it on a t-shirt. Like I am really for kingdom culture and community. And we are in this together. And the only way we're going to get through this is together. So I just appreciate um, y'all staying with me. And as I am on this platform and building, you know, the community that we're in, where we can just be better versions than us, better versions of ourselves. Um, because we, we want to be a, a good example, a better example to the generation that is behind us, that that's looking at us. So today I want to talk about soul tides. Stay with me. Um, the children, uh, the Gen Z's, the younger millennials, if you will, um, they have this term now that they, they, uh, they say chokehold, chokehold. And I was like, I love the term because I say it all the time, but um, I wanted to kind of tie it to also soul ties, right? So if we want to define soul tie, soul tie is an intense spiritual connection between two people um, that results in a mutual learning experience. I love that definition because growing up in church, we were told that when you have sex with someone outside of marriage, you create a soul tie. And while that is very much true, the definition that I just read, in my opinion, kind of gives more depth to what a soul tie, soul tie is because you can have sex with someone, in my opinion, and there not be a soul tie. It could just be just what that is, sex, right? But then you can um, have sex with someone and it be so much more. So I love that the definition gives an intense spiritual connection between two people that result in a mutual learning experience. Like it's mutual. Like I'm learning of you. You're learning of me. We're in this shared space together. And there is a connection. There is a hold between the two of us, a tie, a bond that neither one of us can explain. And neither one of us can get rid of, even if we want to, right? Um, I went to the Urban Dictionary to define chokehold, just to make sure like it made sense. And the Urban Dictionary describe, uh, defines chokehold um, to be caught up in someone, a thing, or a situation. Something you can't get away from. I'm preaching already. <laughs> um so, so yeah, so there are similarities between um, a chokehold and a soul tie. And I'm going to use them interchangeably because I feel like for the conversation I'm about to have, it works. So in many cases, it's, it's said that the existence, it says that um, a, soul, a soul tie comes into existence when two people have been physically intimate. Um, in others, it is said to be formed after an intensely close spiritual or emotional relationship. So it can be said or argued that a soul tie can come through intimacy or an intensely close spiritual or emotional relationship. 
Okay. Symptoms of a soul tie. Um, a person invades your thoughts. Um, and the word, I love words. So invading meaning you could just be minding your business, watching TV, um, working on a project at work, driving, and the person would just literally just come out of nowhere in your thoughts. Another system of a, a sim, another symptom of a soul tie is um, imagining them. Like you see imagery of them just popping up. You see their face, um, hearing their voice clearly, like it's coming out of nowhere. Um, dreaming of, about a person, uh, they're in your subconscious. And at this one, I I experience often is a person sense, right? Like it's so weird, but I will be sitting in a place and a place they've never been, a place that they haven't been in a while, and I will smell them. I'll smell their scent because we know everybody has a scent, whether it you know from their body wash or their their cologne or their perfume, um, or just how like their detergent smells like everybody's um, chemical reaction to certain things create a sense for them. And for me, I've had moments where I could smell a person and almost to the point where I'm looking around like, are they in the room with me? Like, why do I smell them? It is, it is a strong connection. It is something, like I said, you can't explain, you can't get rid of. And most of the time, you don't want to get rid of it right? Because it brings memories. Um, it, it wraps you up into a place where you feel safe and familiar. Um, for me, uh, I feel home in this person. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to say that, you know, I love being transparent. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to give you all the real. Um, as we all know, I am in, not in a situation, but I recently got out of a situation and it's funny because there are some moments I feel like, oh my God, like I need to get rid of this soul tie. <laughs> and then in other moments, I'm like, man, this man got a chokehold on me. I can't get rid of him. I don't even know if I want to, right? So it, it had me thinking um, about being this church girl reimagined. And I can remember going back 20 years ago um, before before I got with my daughter's father, there was a guy that did not go to my church, but he went to a church that we fellowship with. And I had the biggest crush on him, biggest crush on him. And I remember uh, another older adult in my church knew that I had a crush on him. And she said, Tasha, are you looking at anybody else? Like, don't, mm, I wouldn't bother him. And I don't know what she knew. Well, now I know what she knew back then. But back then I was just like, maybe because he was a little older than me. So I just felt maybe she felt like he was just experienced, I guess. Um, but she said, who else are you looking at? Because that's not the way you want to go. And I remember saying, well, I mean, he likes me. He being my daughter's father. And she said, yeah, you should stick with him. Right. And it's so funny in retrospect, because I took that advice and I ran with it. Right. I was just like, OK, well, she said not to look at him. So I'll look at him. And I started dating him and we had sex and I got pregnant. <laughs> so I often think like, what would my life have been if I didn't take that advice? But it's funny because like back then before 
quote unquote chokehold was a thing. Like that guy had a chokehold on me. And I haven't seen him in years. Um, I still see him on Facebook. So when his picture like kind of pops up on my timeline, I kind of laugh because I'm like, man, I used to be in over heels for this dude, right? Like, and now it's funny because it's like, man, like I don't feel that way anymore about him. And then that had me thinking about chokeholds and soul ties and how they're all, they're the same, but they're not. Um, because the reality is a chokehold you can be released from. If we think of the actual term or the actual act, literal act of putting someone in a chokehold, it's literally like uh, if you ever watch wrestling, uh, it's some literally someone's head um, up under another person's arm and their arm is like kind of locked around the neck, right? That is a literal chokehold. All I have to do if I'm the person that has the chokehold on you is release my arm. That's all I got to do. If I'm the person in the chokehold, all I have to do is either get leverage, get to a place where I can leverage myself and maneuver out of the chokehold, or if my hands are free, somehow remove the person's hands around my neck. It's simple, not simple, but simple, right? If you think about a tie, whether you think about a necktie, tying someone's shoe, a bow tie, is a little bit more complicated where um, I can't really explain how to tie a tie or a bow tie or even to tie a shoe. Like y'all know how to do any of those examples, right? You know the complexity it takes to tie those things. It's easy to put in, you know, it's easy to tie once you figure out, you know, how to tie it. It's easy to do. Um, and also, to some regard, easy to undo, but probably a little bit more tack in undoing and doing than a chokehold, if that makes sense. If y'all follow me, y'all see where I'm trying to go with this, right? Um, so the point that I'm making is it can be said that a soul tie is more complex, um, more intricate to get in and to get out of than a chokehold right? Um, I love the term chokehold. For one, it just makes me laugh. It's just so funny. But also chokeholds are, in my opinion, as soon as they come, they can go, right? And literally, if someone, if I have someone in a chokehold, eventually I'm going to get tired because it's taking me forced to hold that. If I tie my shoe, my shoe can be tied literally all day and not come undone. I can take my shoe off my foot and not untie that tie. You know what I mean? Like y'all get what I'm going, bow ties, neckties, whatever analogy you, you want to use for a tie. That's the point. Um, once you get something tied up, it takes a little bit more to get untied. Um, it takes strategy. It takes thought. It's beyond someone else getting tired. And to the point with my shoe, like I said, I can take my shoe off my foot and that shoestring is still tied. So that even can be said how, you know, someone else can remove themselves and you still be tied up. So soul tides literally can suck the life out of you 
they can put you in a place where you 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 wake up one day and you realize like how am i here some people say they're terrible things right i would argue that they're not all terrible some soul ties can be beneficial sometimes it's good to be intertwined with someone and again all soul ties aren't sexual, but uh, I have a really good girlfriend. Hopefully she'll be on soon. And we often joke and say, yo, we might be each other's soulmates, right? Like we'll have conversations and we'll bring up points. And one time we were talking about like um, Bible stories and how like, oh my God, the Bible stories are like all the tea, all the drama, like y'all ain't had drama to y'all read some of these Bible stories. And we were going back and forth. So she said a Bible story. We laughed. I said a Bible story. She said a Bible story. And I cut in and I said, oh, and let's not forget about the woman at the well, right? And she said, oh, my gosh, that was going to be my next analogy. Like, that was going to be the next story I brought up. And then the next story she brought up, I said to her, oh, my gosh, like, I was just about to say that. And then we joked and we said, we might be each other's soulmates because we have spent time together there is a mutual learning experience between the two of us and it is an intense spiritual and emotional connection and not in like a sexual type way but just like we spend time together we pray together we um have deep intellectual and spiritual conversations with one another there are times where I'll reach out to her and she'll say, oh my gosh, I was just about to text you or, or vice versa. Um, it is just, it's something that I can't explain. She is my friend. She's also my sister. And, you know, we have said that we are now on like each other's inner circles where I confide in her and I trust her. She is a safe space for me and I am a safe space for her. And it really is, I wouldn't call our friendship a soul tie because I understand that a soul tie comes with, it comes with a connotation. So I'm really, you know, trying to use my words uh, gently in this context, but it is a, a tie. I am tied to her, right? Like I am bound to her and I love her. And we have this connection that we can't explain. And we often joke and say, yo, how did we get so close? Like literally we started out working together for church stuff. And it wasn't like an automatic, oh my God, we'll be a fast. It wasn't like that. It was like, we started working together for church projects. And two years later, we're thick as thieves. Like literally we'll talk to two, three o'clock in the morning um, just to hash out things or just to kind of walk through things or figure things out or sometimes just to laugh just to decompress the day um you know did you eat today are you okay like you know how are you feeling did you take your medicine and this is on both sides right so there are those connections that aren't necessarily bad i am specifically talking about the connections where y'all know i say you know uh it was love, but it wasn't God. Um, I know better than anyone else that uh, fornication is a sin. Uh, and we all know that fornication is having sex with someone that you are not married to. Um, I know that better than anyone else. 
Um, I do know that when you are intimate with someone, there is this unifying of energies. And um, as women, we are receptors. So we receive what the men give us. Um, and I'm not really trying to make this like a gross conversation, but like literally, spiritually, emotionally, we receive them. And whether we use protection or not, there is an exchange, right? Like we receive them, we take them in, um, we nurture them, like our bodies were made for that. And with that, you know, comes a great responsibility. And unfortunately, sometimes when we have sex with someone, it, it comes with a lot of other emotional things. Now, like I said earlier, you you can have casual sex with someone and it not be a thing. You can. Fight me. Like, you can. Um, I have had encounters with people where literally it was just sex. That was it. There's no love. There's no connection. There's no tie. There's nothing. It's just like, it was what it was. It is what it is. God bless you. Good night. Right? <laughs> and then there are moments where there is an intimacy with the person that we have long before intercourse takes place. And I have witnessed that personally where I hugged a person and it felt like time stood still. I have felt it. I've been in a place where I have felt such a familiar sense of home with a person where everything feels right but yet everything is so wrong. And if you know, you know, you know what I mean? And I know I'm not the only person out there who has had that experience, whatever that means for you. You know, for me, it was the right person, wrong time. And again, before there was ever intercourse with this particular person, there was a connection that either one of us can't explain. And now I'm at a place where we have, decided to go no contact, to separate, to really get back to ourselves because we recognized that we were we were going too much too soon too fast. And I'm not against the timing of it because I really believe that, you know, God works outside of time, right? And I feel like, you know, timing is just a construct. Like it, it can it confines us in so many ways. So the timing wasn't the issue for me. Um, the issue for me was the depth of it, if that makes sense. Um, I was ready to be at a place where I was all in for someone who could not give me all of him because he didn't know who all of him was. And I'm saying that I know who I am all the way through and through, but I was at a place where I was I was willing and ready to work through things with him um, and he was not. And that's not a shot to him because we all know, it's no secret, I, I still love him. And if he called me right now, we would figure things out, right? But I understand that's not how this is gonna work. So I have to kind of move on with my journey while as he moves on with his, and if our paths cross again, then they cross again. So with all that being said, now that I'm on this separate path, we've had this 
uh, connection, this emotional connection, um, this physical connection, this spiritual connection. We've had all of this, and now we're at a place where we literally have no contact, right? He's gone his way. I have gone mine, but I am still left with a tied up shoe. Okay, so he has removed the foot from the shoe in my mind, and I still have this tie. And, you know, you can't put, most of the time, I mean, sometimes you can slip another foot in, you can slip your foot back in that shoe, but sometimes you got to unloose the, the tie to put your foot in. Y'all know where I'm going to try to go with this analogy. Just follow me. So at this point, we are at different paths. He's gone his way. I've gone my way. But I still have this tie, right? I still have this soul tie. It started out as a chokehold. You know what I mean? Like in the beginning, this man had a chokehold on me. We were texting and talking every day. Um, the first time we kind of met up to spend time together, we literally spent hours together, hours together. I remember it like it was yesterday. We talked and we just kind of like got to know each other a little bit better. I remember him saying like, oh, you're cute. I remember you being cute because we hadn't seen each other in a long time. And um, he was like, you know, you're cute. I'm so glad that you're as cute as I remember, right? And it was just conversation. It was just this learning experience that we had of one another. And it felt right. Felt like home. And it was something that I needed at the moment. Um, it was something that thinking about it still makes me smile, but it's so crazy, y'all, because I never had like the butterflies or the flutters. I didn't have any of that. It was just this, this solemn, this somber, just this uh, peace, this energy of just solace, comfort with him. But fast forward to today, you know, we are now back on our separate paths. And now it's like, so now what do I do? The chokehold turned into a soul tie and now I'm stuck. What do I do? I had all the symptoms. He, you know, he invades my thoughts daily. Um, I, I don't really hear his voice too often. Well, I'm lying. So when I think about, when I have moments, I think about advice that he gives me. I play back the advice I play back the advice in his voice, is what I'm trying to say. So I do hear his voice at times. Um, I, I think about his face, um, his mannerisms. Um, I told y'all, like, I can smell his scent. Y'all, I got it bad a little bit. Um, he's been in my dreams. Um, I have daydreams of him. Um, it's, just, it's just bad. Um, and I'm at a place now where it's like, okay... How do I deal with it? Um, one of the things that I learned to do was, you know, I always say that people people do what they're good at to get through the hard times. So like athletes play, singers sing, writers write. And I'm a writer. So what I started doing was whenever I had this overwhelming feeling that I wanted to reach out to him, I would write him a letter. So I literally, in my computer right now, I have this Dear You letter. And it is literally now like maybe three pages now. And I write the date and 
whatever I'm feeling in that moment, um, I heard someone call it a brain dump. So whatever I'm feeling in that moment about him, I just put it all on paper. And will he ever read it? I don't know. Uh, I thought about emailing it to him one day, but I was like, no, that, that'll break the no contact rule, Tosh. So just keep it to yourself. You know, one day he'll read it. One day he might not. I don't, I don't know. Um, but it's a very honest, it's a very transparent, um, my feelings in writing, um, and it helps. So when I feel the urge that I'm going to explode, um, then I just, I start writing it out. And every day I get through it and I go to sleep and I wake up and I say, I got, I got through yesterday. I can do it again today. And sometimes I wake up writing because I wake up with him on my mind. Sometimes I go to sleep writing because he's on my mind at night. Sometimes I don't write at all because it's just a day where he just hasn't popped up in my head. And honestly, um, in the past couple of weeks, it, it's been more days that I have written <laughs> than I haven't, but that's okay too, right? So that, which leads me to, you know, I don't want to give because I'm by no means an expert because I'm literally walking through this as I'm recording these, these uh, episodes. Um, so I don't really want to say like steps to break it, to break a soul tie because I'm not, again, an expert, but I do want to just leave you with some points that have helped me and are helping me. Um, and the first one, like I said, is, you know, when I get the urge, if you're trying to go no contact with this person, which is probably the best, the best way to, to do it, they just kind of write it out, whether you write it to him, to her in a letter form, um, Again, one of my friends, when I told her that I was uh, writing letters to him in an attempt not to reach out to him, she said, you know, it could be a book. That's how your first book happened, which is true. I legit um, was writing down my daily journal and that turned into After the Covenant, shameless plug, available at NatashaLevon.com. So, yes. Um, so, yeah, do what... Um, do what you do best to help get over those rough spots. Um, everybody, you don't have to be like an author to write. Everybody can write. It doesn't have to be formatted. You just start writing your feelings out. That helps. So journaling, I'm a believer in it. It helps so much. Um, also, to help kind of cope and to, uh, to get through the tough spots, acknowledge that the soul tie is there acknowledge, you know, they say the first step to recovery is acknowledging that you have a problem. I admit like this man was a drug to me. Um, someone asked me how I felt and I said, I felt like, I feel like a crackhead. Like, I feel like, especially going no contact, cold turkey, I feel legit like a crackhead. Sometimes all I want is a fix. Take that as you want it. And right now I can't get that fixed. So I feel like I'm going through detox, but I'm acknowledging how I feel as opposed to hiding it, as opposed to, you know, acting like it's not a thing. No, this hurts. This is how I feel. This doesn't feel good. I miss him. He was a part of my everyday life and now he isn't. I need to acknowledge that these feelings exist and lean into them. Feel everything that you feel. 
Because I promise you, those feelings will not stay. Feelings are fleeting. Feelings will fail. Like feelings are not permanent. As soon as they come, eventually they will go. So acknowledge um, that it is there. Um, another one, so I, I have forgive and feel, which is kind of tied into which I already said, you know, acknowledge it, feel those feelings. And also like forgive yourself. Um, because I know with me, I get mad at myself, right? Like, well, how could I? Why did I let it get this far? How could I let it get this far? Like, Tasha, like, you know better. Like, you know, you weren't at a place to like really, you know, take ownership of him. And now he's gone. Um, forgive yourself. I had to get to a place where I said, Tasha, you, you did the best you could with what you had in that moment. He gave you what you asked him for. He gave you what he wanted to give you. He gave you what you needed. And none of this is bad. Let me be very clear. Like, I have nothing but respect and honor for him. He did nothing wrong. Um, he didn't wrong me. So you don't have to, like, try to figure, figure out who he is or look for him. He's a great individual. Um, I said before on one of the dating episodes, you know, I only deal with amazing, honest, upright men. And he has been nothing but honest with me through everything we've been through. Um, so when I say, you know, he gave me what I asked for, he gave me like what I need, I mean that in the best way. Like he was loving to me. He took care of me. Um, he cared for me. He cared for my being. And I, I took that and I ran with it. And not that it was anything wrong with that, but there was a moment where I was upset with myself because I let myself believe that it was okay. And honestly, for that moment, it was okay. So I had to, you know, and I'm hard on myself. So, you know, forgiveness is a big part of any process that we go through. Um, and then, you know, feel, feel everything. Um, and then be active, be an active participant in your healing right? Be an active participant in the unraveling of this soul tie. What do I mean by that? I mean, um, you can't sit dormant. You can't sit around and think that it's going to automatically untie itself. No, you have to, if it's a knot in there, you got to figure out like how to get it out. So for me, it's the no contact. For me, it's the writing whenever I feel the urge because I'm a big communicator. I'm a big talker, obviously. So when I feel the need to communicate with him, I'm writing this letter to him that he may or may not ever read. But it doesn't matter because I'm getting out of my system. So that is my take action. That is, you know, me being active is not necessarily going out to find new men to date, but not sitting at home waiting for our paths to cross. No, I'm, I'm going out. I'm still working hard. I'm still going to events. Um, you'll hear on an episode coming up soon. You know, I recently, you know, shot my shot at, at, a, at a young, at a person, at a man. I don't know what you say. Um, I recently shot my shot to someone at an event I was at. And you just got to keep listening to the episodes to see what happened. But it is me being active in my healing. It is me being an active participant in the progression of my life because my life doesn't stop here. You know, like this is not it. This is a chapter 
in the book. I always talk about, you know, life in the after. This is my after. And honestly, I wrote after the covenant, I really need to start writing living in the after because it's a whole nother life that that happens after the covenant, literally. So it's, it's not about me just sitting, sitting around waiting for life to happen to me. It is me going out and creating and writing the rest of my story. Um, you know, again, yeah, I know I'm not a preacher. I'll be trying to make things preachy. Um, but God, God wants us at a place where we are whole, um, where we are healed, healing, because I always talk about healing is a continuum. Um, and when we are healthy, we're at a healthy place because the person that God has for us, we can't be tied down to something or someone else. We can't be caught up. We can't be in a chokehold with something or someone else. And I often say, you know, I don't know who my person is, but I believe that I'm working towards being the best version of me for my person and for myself and for my family and for my circle. So if I work on me, then either the person is already in my life and it just hasn't been shown to me yet or the person is coming, or the person is coming back. Because versions of ourselves, like right now, um, as things were, I was not the best version of myself, but I'm working on a better version of myself. You know, there's a there's a big part of me that believes that the person that he was isn't the person that I needed. And we need this time to figure out and to get to where we need to be for ourselves and that way we can be for each other or for whoever his person is. Because if it's not me, whoever he ends up with deserves to have the better version of him. And vice versa, whoever I end up with deserves to have the better version of me. Because I can't ask for a mature, healed, healthy, whole man, and I am immature, broken, and toxic. That doesn't make sense. God's not gonna send me anyone He's just not going to send, you know, a mature, healthy when I'm immature and toxic. Why would he do that? So I, um, I'm at a place where I am okay. You know, the old saints, you know, used to think, except what God allows. I am okay with it. Um, I am okay with the place that I'm in and I'm actively um, bit by bit chomping away at this elephant, right? Like knocking it out bit by bit. And also once you get untangled, it is important not to be retangled, not to get tangled again. Um, so for me, I made myself a promise that y'all know I'm crazy, but I made myself a promise that um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not promising waiting till marriage. I know that's the goal. And for y'all deep folks, y'all pray for me, okay? But for me, I want to be in a committed relationship. I want to be um, in a committed space with someone where I'm all in and he's all in and we are what we have for each other. Because again the mutual learning experience of an emotionally and intimate space is not bad. It just has to be done right with the right person. 
So um, I hope my little TED talk, <laughs> I hope uh, y'all, y'all enjoyed um, me. Of course, me rambling is, you know, is what I do. Um, and I want to leave everyone with this quote. Um, it comes from a book of poetry by Ron Lim. And it says, you break your own heart by telling yourself to give it another shot when you already know it's time to let go. And to that, I will add, let it go. If it's meant to be, it will find its way back to you. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow me at Natasha underscore Levon and at No Prelude Podcast on Instagram. I love everybody. Talk to y'all next time. Bye.